welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerba. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are home birth midwives serving the Denver metro area. Welcome to the new podcast and the new week. How are you doing this week? I am having a really weird week. So Are you? Yeah, super tired. Um, my dad's in the hospital. And again, he just again, got out. I know. So I spent Monday in the emergency room surrounded by all sorts of germs and then which is like your own personal yeah. circle of health. even our nurse was sick and yeah. I was just like you know I could feel it all crawling all uh, over me uh. <laughs> and then you know I went home and had a good shower and you know everything so by the time I the just person have to ask did you put hydrogen peroxide in your ears of course I did <laughs> and checking. everything else yes. did you take <laughs> activated charcoal no, because that's more for, like, GI things. Less upper respiratory. But, like, probiotics, yes. Gargled with probiotics. Emergency. Yes. And a little bit of whiskey doesn't go amiss. And <laughs> Kill those germs. Yes. And uh, so then by the time we had a client go into labor on Tuesday, well, Monday night, mm-hmm. and then, but I took over on Tuesday morning. And mm-hmm. so by then, hopefully I was germ-free. Mm-hmm. Well, and. since it's now Thursday and you're <laughs> yes. asymptomatic, I'm yes. going to say it was effective. Spent the, that whole day with her and, um, you know, got home at 2 a.m. and then spent the whole next day at the hospital with dad again. So uh, I know, some so kind of long. dead. And now here we are on Thursday. the next day. So this is Thursday. Um, and you've already been to the hospital today and back I've already again. been to the hospital today. Yeah, so, I mean, it's obviously much harder for him being in the hospital than it is for me to visit him in the hospital but it is like a lot mm-hmm. of driving and mm-hmm. it's across town hospital and... food yeah yes. your favorite everybody's favorite yes. <laughs> oh sorry yeah. well um we were going to talk this week about um and baby makes four so mm-hmm. adding a second child so we have to, to like family. reach way back into the so whenever you recesses. say things like that, I come up with a song, and so let's go back, let's go back, let's go back to way back when. Okay, so yes, we do. We have to dig deep to get down back there. But I do think this is one of those things that, you know, I think that people feel generally either surprised that they're having a first baby or we're really planning a first baby, but they have less worry about how their first baby is going to impact somebody else. Whereas when you have your second baby, I think you're, you know, many people are almost preoccupied with how is this going to impact their first baby? That's true. Did you feel that way? No. You didn't? No. I mean, okay. So there were five years between Mm -hmm. my first two children. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. We tried really hard for our second one. We had a lot of infertility and, um, I don't remember feeling worried about mm. how the next baby would integrate. I just really wanted that second baby. Mm-hmm. Like, it just was so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had infertility problems with mm-hmm. our first two as well. And, yeah. um, but I did worry about that. Did you? I was pretty sure I was like ruining his life because he, oh. he was the center of the universe and yeah. then we were going to introduce another center of the universe and we didn't know how that I think was going to go. it's a really valid and common yeah. concern which I don't know what that says about me as a mother but, <laughs> but you were not worried about I it. was not. It's funny because I think I can count the number of things that 
I was worried about that you weren't worried about on one hand, probably. Yeah. I think in general you worry more. I worry a lot about like physical things. And yeah. yeah, So I kind of, I do kind of feel like the world is pain and we will just have to roll (laughs) with the punches, you know? And so I, I do have like a really pragmatic viewpoint of. So you're, that kind because of thing. if that's your worldview, then you would think, well, that's good for the older child. We're to just going to like, just kind of suck it up. There's yeah. a lot of things in life that are hard, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, but yeah, I worry about all of the other things, all of them. I guess I was just worried that, you know, I very much read all of the books and was just like, how do I, how do I set up this child's world for maximum benefit? And Oh my gosh. And there was, at the time, a fair amount of research that said that only children do better in the world. Really? Yeah, that they were higher achievers and higher earners and that kind of thing. Oh. See. Not that that's the only measure of of how you do well in the world, but there was, it was a thing. I never even considered having an only child because the ones I know are so obnoxious. They are successful. Hmm. Financially, so it's a different yes. type of, a different type of success. But or maybe lack some of social success would be okay. Well, and what's funny is that I never really thought I did not want one child. That was never yeah. on the agenda. It's just that yes. I was worried about it. I always wanted. I mean, I assumed I'd have two, but I'm lucky that I got three. I so. just want to be clear. I don't think they're obnoxious as children. I'm talking about as adults. As adults. Yes. <laughs> well, there's also research from. I feel like it came from. Brigham Young University or something mm-hmm. that says that children that had to share a room as a child uh, do better in marriage. I believe it. Because it's a skill. It's a lot of There's annoying lot things of that happen when you share a room. Yes. And that kind of stuff, too. Yes. So I do think that there's research on both ends of the spectrum. But at the time, this is the late 90s. Mm hmm the zero population growth movement was really big. Uh, and I feel like I was maybe influenced by some of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe it was just all in my head. That could be too. <laughs> but, so my mother-in-law wisely told me that adding a second child is like lighting a candle from another candle. It doesn't oh, diminish the flame of the first candle. That's so candle. sweet. I thought that was a great analogy I've always like heard those things about you know love only grows and all of this stuff you know so you you have enough love for all of them yeah and that's great I love the candle thing Mm -hmm. I think that was part of it I was just head over heels madly in love with my first child Mm -hmm. the second he entered this world and it was hard to imagine that I could love another person like that yeah yeah I think that was totally So, I don't know. So, what were some things that you did to get your first uh, child ready for her sibling? Well, okay. So, again, she was older. Um, Not that five is that, or four, I guess, for when we started the pregnancy journey. Um, Not that that's that old, but But she was old enough to understand. She was old enough to, you know, being that I was in the birth field even back then, um, we would talk about all the things about pregnancy the physical stuff of pregnancy and how babies are made and born and um so there was just a lot of just intellectual preparation probably Mm -hmm. and you were probably planning to have her at the birth so there was probably yes yes so she was definitely prepped for the birth and she was there and that was great um 
Gosh, I feel really bad that I don't, I can't even remember what we did for like emotional yeah. preparation. Well, she was older, so you, <laughs> yes. it's probably more conversational and more Yeah, like organic. babies are, you know, this is what we do when we're, 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 we're going to breastfeed and we're mm-hmm. going to have to change the baby and, you know, like all that mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I, so it, kind of an interesting thing is that I had a mis, I actually had two miscarriages between mm-hmm. my first yeah. two children. And so when I was pregnant the second time with my first miscarriage, I, um, my uh, Quinn would have not been two years old yet at the point that the second one ah, would have been born. Okay. They would have been 20. Wow. That's pretty close, ago, which is not unusual in our crowd. No, it's not. So mm-hmm. there wasn't, that wasn't really on the radar at all because he was just so little. Right. I, maybe that's where some of the anxiety started because I did get pregnant a little sooner than I had planned. Uh, maybe that was because okay. he would have still been a baby. By the time I actually had my second child, Quinn was was three. He was actually three in a couple of weeks. So there uh-huh. was over a year of miscarriages yeah. and, and actually carrying yeah. a full-term pregnancy. So that was hmm. probably part of my anxiety. Yeah. Um, but, but, but a three-year-old... I feel like a three-year-old gets it and doesn't care. Oh. Like, he got it. I think he understood there was going to be a baby, but I also think he wasn't attached to the idea of having a baby brother or baby sister or anything oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Whereas Aidlin probably She was definitely old enough to think it was really cool. excited about having yeah. a baby. Yeah. Yeah, but when you take, like, your not quite two-year-old who they don't is get it at all. they do not understand no. why they have to share the breast probably <laughs> right <laughs> or stop feeding at the breast right. and share mom's lap and all these right. things you know like it's right. there's a lot of territory that is being threatened so it's a whole totally it different, is a different and i think that i started off prepared for that toddler yes. and ended up with a preschooler who was a, a bigger brother mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know maybe that was maybe that was a piece of it so something I tell people, not so much for preparation, but just um, after you have the baby, something that I tell people to kind of minimize sibling rivalry is to really watch blaming everything on the baby. Oh, yeah. Because people, without even thinking about it, they say things like, I can't do that right now. I'm feeding the baby. I can't, we can't do that right now. The baby's sleeping. So whenever everything unpleasant is the baby's fault, it makes sense. So they get resentful. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I kind of tell people to <clears throat> watch out for. That's good. Did you ever read that book, Siblings Without Ri- Rivalry? No. Oh, it's really, it's really good. I'll link <laughs> to it. Apparently this the, is something I didn't you care didn't about. You did spend a lot of time. Like, it's, uh, by the way... It's a great book, and I read it, and I tried to incorporate the things, and I have three boys, and they're quite competitive. I know. I was just sitting here thinking, maybe I should have read that book because uh, my kids fight like yeah. crazy. No, mine fight, but they're also extremely competitive. Like, oh. don't even get a push-up contest started. Or Oh, how funny. They're very, they get very alpha-y when... <laughs> when they get together and have nothing to do but push-ups so that is really funny yeah so uh, I would like to recommend siblings without rivalry and I would also like to tell you that there may be nothing that you can do to prevent sibling rivalry too I wonder what that's about yeah I can tell you it's, it's very unlikely not... my children would have like con- competitions of physical feats <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my kids set up a pull-up bar one day. Oh, like no. it's, it is always physical. No, it's no, always no. physical. <laughs> um, one thing they talk about in that book is not comparing your children, obviously. Mm-hmm. So try not to say, oh, John's hair was so much darker. I mean, it doesn't even have to be value judge judgment type things. It just needs oh, to interesting. be not making comparisons between them huh. frequently or at all. Huh. Even yeah. for something as benign as hair color. Mm-hmm. How interesting. Letting them be their own person, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, what did you do after the baby came to uh, ease the transition? Um, so when so the smallest space I had between my kids was about two and a half years. And um, so for that one... We um, we had already weaned. He had he weaned before too. So so that wasn't an issue. But um, we did a lot of just like sitting on the couch. So you know if I'm holding the baby, then I would have him mm-hmm. also like on the other in the other arm maybe, or mm-hmm. you know we would just hang out and read books or watch TV or whatever we were doing together. Um, so I mean I think physical contact is just really important mm-hmm. and I think meeting those needs in another way. Yeah, and I never and I know there's all sorts of philosophies but I never ever ever thought it was important at all to say well now you're the big kid mm-hmm. and you now have to sleep in your own room or you now need to do all this these big kid things. I mm-hmm. I still let them be a baby if they wanted to be a baby and mm-hmm. it's How you did know. you manage family bed with a I mean, a two-and-a-half-year-old is somewhere in that gray zone between toddler and preschooler, but how how did you manage family? We definitely did um, both of those children in the bed at the same time. The other ones are too far apart, although you know that they've, like, had an open-door policy and, like, have done, like, occasional Mm -hmm. (laughs) regressions back into the bed. But, um, yeah, so the older one would sleep in the middle, and we had a king-size bed, and then the baby would sleep on this on my side Mm -hmm. and so um, it went baby mom toddler dad yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so and it was I mean it's just something again that doesn't work for everybody but it was just something we did not care about at all where people slept it was Mm -hmm. just like let's just sleep where we're comfortable you know right but I do caution people about Mm -hmm. having baby and toddler in the same bed space Definitely. Because keeping them separated is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, toddlers mm-hmm. aren't aware of their, I mean, goodness knows. They kick, they flail. Yeah. You could have a foot in a face they, and you don't want yeah. that by the baby. Yeah. So that's toddlers one of the things should I never be left alone with an infant right. under any circumstances. <laughs> right. Even if they've never shown any signs of hostility or aggression, they or will poke eyeballs or well, pick, them, pick them, up them up and drop them. They'll pick them up by the neck. Pick them up by the neck. Yeah. That, yeah. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's definitely <laughs> very sage advice. Don't leave them alone. Um, and it's not. It, they mean well most of the time when oh, an yeah, older it's child their... hurts the infant. Yeah. They still mean well. Yeah. We also did family bed. We um, added, we took, so at some point we dropped the frame from the bed because it was just too much. It was up and down and mm. worried about falling. Yeah. And so we had put the, the mattress on the floor quite a bit before the time that we added another mattress. But once the second baby was there, we added a mattress on the floor. So oh. our family bed was a room <laughs> with, a queen size and a full size mattress oh. next to each other. It took up most of the room. Yeah. Well, we still had room for a dresser and a nightstand or something, but um, it was very helpful 
yeah. because there was lots of space. We did have a lot of time where the bed was on the floor. Yeah. It just, just simplifies it. Yes. It's just one less thing to worry about. Yeah. So we did that a lot. So that's how we managed it. And then I slept in the, I actually slept on the smaller mattress with the newborn. And then yeah, that makes sense. The other sense. two slept on the bigger mattress. Yeah. A king size bed, though, is probably plenty of space to accommodate. Yeah, it was to, fine. Yeah. Um, another thing that I um, recommend to new parents is to, uh, so the opposite of don't blame the baby is make the baby wait. And what that means is when the baby is already asleep okay. <laughs> and doesn't actually have any needs, say things like, Oh, Sally, I can't help you right now because Timmy needs my help with his shoes. <laughs> like, you, you do it at times that the baby doesn't actually need your help, but so that just so that the older child hears that they're being prioritized sometimes. Interesting. Um, if you obviously you can't do this with old enough kids because they'll call they'll call you be bluff. like really that baby is asleep <laughs> they'll know that you're being disingenuous but for <laughs> a two year old a one and a half year old you know that could really be a good hmm. I think it just sends a message that they're important too but we know that the baby's needs are actually the most important needs and right should they have be attended they have to survival first. needs yes um, yeah which are I mean they're survival the toddler has wants. The yes. baby has needs and right. the baby has, yes. the toddler has wants. Yeah. And the toddlers, toddlers are babies. They're babies. Yeah, totally. And so it's totally fine to acknowledge that. But, but the survival yes. piece <laughs> does, I think, diminish, you know, as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of making sure that they at least hear that they're prioritized sometimes. Yeah. That's great. So what, so you mentioned that you sat on the, um, couch with your, or wherever, like yeah. while you're nursing, you just made sure you made space for the yeah. older child. So we just had a lot of just cuddle time and stuff. Yeah. One thing I recommended for La Leche League meetings or people mm-hmm. was to have a special basket of toys that only came out while you were nursing. Oh, that's a good idea. Sometimes these might, you might bring out toys that are a little messier or higher maintenance like Play-Doh. Uh, if you have a good place for him, obviously don't get out Play-Doh if you can't, you know, keep it out of the carpet or something like right. that. But uh, things that are only, uh, is that still a thing? Yes. It is Emmett still a thing. loves Play-Doh. Okay. Actually, Finley does too. But um, it's so messy. Right. So kind of saving the, because yeah. if they don't have a toy all the time, mm-hmm. they'll be more likely to play with it through the duration of nursing the baby than if they have access mm. to it all the time. That's good. So Play-Doh was a big one for us, and it's one that I recommend. Um, window stickers, like vinyl decals that you can... Stick and unstick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's Is good. that what they're called? Decal? I don't know what they're called. Window stickers. Vinyls, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably totally wrong. And somebody's like, that's not, that's what, not what vinyls are. I know. But yeah, you can, you can, they're good for road trips, because yeah. they can sit... If they sit by the window, they can take them on and off. Um markers that are oh man yeah containable the, yeah the ones that you just like can color on certain parts of the paper uh-huh, exactly yeah. yeah uh those kind of things things mm-hmm. that things that they don't usually get to play with it's good reading mm-hmm. you can read to the toddler right. during that time obviously is it pretty easy you can watch frozen 75 mm-hmm. times and when you're breastfeeding your second child it's not as 
hard as it was the first time. So you don't need four hands and you don't need, no. you can multitask right. a little better, even with a brand totally. new newborn with your second baby. I mean, really, you could also go to the park and let your toddler yeah. play and also yeah. breastfeed. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> so you're idea. not like chained to the couch or anything. If you don't have a dasher. My oh, oldest was a dasher. Oh, no, yeah. So he would, no good. he would take off and run away and... Oh man, he had no self-preservation. I had to he chase still has someone. no self-preservation instincts. Who was it? It must have been Hayden that I had. Yeah, because I was pregnant with Finley. I had to chase him out the door one time in my underwear when I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that is quite the visual. <laughs> so with awful. your belly hanging yes, out. Yes, like oh, oh no. you evil children. Why? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, I had a friend, we hung out in this mom's group. I hung out a lot with my mom's group. Maybe that is a survival skill 101, to yeah. have a group of moms that you hang out with. And it's yeah. extra hands and extra entertainment and stuff like that. But oh my gosh, her kids were really serious dashers. Like we would go to malls that had play places and they would be, they would leave. Oh no. They would leave the Oh, play I really haven't had scary. one of those. I mean, yeah. besides a couple of isolated incidents, I have not had that problem. Yeah. That's scary. Quinn would stay pretty well in, mm-hmm. but the park was different because he felt like he had the great outdoors and he could just do whatever he wanted. Oh my gosh. I know. He, he literally has very limited survival instincts. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't even. That's a, I guess that's a topic for another podcast. I know, we should do a whole thing about raising... I mean, I don't want to, like, gender stereotype at all, but, like, I think you're more likely to turn around and see your little boy peeing in public or something. Every single yes. one of them. I mean, like... I mean, in their defense, <laughs> I encouraged them to pee outside to get them to start peeing. Oh, really? To potty train. I did not do that. That backfired big I time. I did not do that at all. And one time I turned around, we were at like a social <laughs> gathering in a park and there's his butt and he is. I have a picture of that. At least peeing the other way. Do you have a picture of yours? No. I'll take a picture of, I'll, it's okay. Liam. Everybody who knows us knows it's always Liam. <laughs> I have a picture of Liam's butt at a park. I'll, I'll oh, put it no. in the blog post. <laughs> and then there's two, and then he turns around, and he realizes he's, he's been caught. So he's smiling oh, no. with his, his impish grin. Oh, I can see that. That yes. is clear in my mind. Yep. Oh, it's, how funny. Yes, it's not hard to imagine. Is it, Medra? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that the, you know, I think the thing to keep in mind is that adding another child adds – so much richness to your first child's life. It's a whole yeah. other relationship. Mm-hmm. And with that comes challenges, but they're they're worth it. Yeah. They I are mean, worth it. it I, th- I think so. I mean, I think it just enriches the life, right? But it makes things, some things yeah. harder, too. Yeah. So what do you think about practical practical things about having two children? Besides the emotional... Well, health of the other child. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. A, I mean, oh, you mean... Like, is it harder to have two children well, yes. than one? And why? <laughs> yeah. It's exponentially harder to have two children. So two children yes. is three times the work because you have each child plus the relationship to manage. Ah. So, yeah. So you have... I mean, it's always like the car seats were always such a pain in yeah, the butt. Yeah, juggling the car seats. Um, I'm a giant fan of baby yeah. wearing. I, yeah. Double strollers are great, but they're super bulky and impractical. So I always I never had, had one. baby carrier and a single stroller is the way that I yeah. managed outings 
Um, I did have a double jogger because I was I went through a running phase at some point, mm-hmm. so I did use it and I used it a lot. But yeah. um, but it's it's not good for like going out and about because it right. would take up all I those people trying to fit through doorways track. with yeah. <laughs> Yeah. double strollers of like, and I wanted oh a double jogger which is wide not long and right it makes it really hard to get around yeah what other kind of practical stuff do you I mean you there's thinking? maybe some more stuff to carry around mm. um and like maybe like speaking of being in the park and stuff you you just have if you are not out with your partner with the children you're definitely outnumbered and have to mm-hmm. Your kids were probably yeah. mostly potty trained before their siblings arrived, but mine were not. They were potty trained soon after, but not mm-hmm. before. And so it's twice the diapers. It's And a week lost yeah. diapers, so they take up a whole suitcase worth of diapers every time we'd right. go out. Hayden wasn't. All of, all of mine were late potty trainers, so he mm-hmm. was still, I'm sure he well, was he still was, in diapers. They are closer together than my yeah. kids are, too. So my kids were three and then three oh, years and four right, months. Oh, right, right, so. yeah. So I didn't potty. Yeah, Reese, my youngest, was an early potty trainer, but he didn't have a little He didn't have so. anybody after him. <laughs> hmm, do you think that not being pregnant uh, facilitated my ability to help with potty training, possibly? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I do think baby carriers are an essential tool. Oh, yeah. And if you can learn to nurse in it, all the better. And some people learn to carry both of their in, yeah. babies. I, on, I did in the, a little bit of that, but not a lot of that. I never did that. It's but, challenging. But um, yeah, front, I mean, some people back. rock it. Mm-hmm. So. If you had twins, I think you'd have to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah, twins. That's a whole other. <laughs> that, that's siblings, but I guess you that you never have to adapt to the idea of adding unless you add a third child, of course. I think I've heard a lot of people say this, and I agree with it totally, is that adding the second one from a practicality standpoint is so hard. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. like adding the third and the fourth. Mm-hmm. That and, was you know, true for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people say the first is the hardest, you know, the hardest oh, to adapt interesting. to. interesting. Changing your lifestyle. I thought my, my first was just, besides the fact that I just said he dashed and was yeah. like not at all. <laughs> Um, safe but besides that he was easy going we went to restaurants we went to movies we did things with him it was mm-hmm. so easy but two was it was yeah. the hardest adaptation mine for me. my first one I had the opposite so my first one was hard and kind of I had a period where I was scared to have another child mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just Hence from five years yes I mean well most of that was infertility but mm-hmm. I do distinctly remember having a period where I'm like oh my gosh I don't know if I can do it you know um, cause she was difficult to manage and, mm-hmm. you know, every, so everything did change and was hard to do. Um, but then the second one was super easygoing. So, so that helps. Yeah. My second wasn't mm-hmm. difficult. He just, uh, it was just hard. It was just yeah. mm-hmm. It was just harder. It was yes. more work. <laughs> My third was piece of cake. He was easy. It was easy. I knew what I was doing. I finally had confidence. I wasn't worried about ruining anybody's life. Right. That was easy. I know. And I hear people say the third can be hard because you're outnumbered, but how often are you really going out with both of you, both parents? And the, yeah. You know what I mean? It's usually you're outnumbered you're anyway. You're usually outnumbered yeah. no matter what <laughs> exactly. happens. <laughs> so at least for all that mom group stuff and hanging out and mm-hmm. play dates and all that yeah. stuff, you're outnumbered usually. So. I never had mom groups, except for when I had my last oh. one. I had the best mom group. Mm-hmm. I hope somebody's listening to the podcast now. I love them so much, and we're still friends. And it was 
That's so great. It was my lifeline. It was wonderful. I had a couple of contemporaries that were having babies. Um, but most of my friends were older than me. And, you know, so it just Oh, they're wasn't. all older than me. <laughs> <laughs> they're, well, they were past babies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, but they, I was younger when I had my kids. So yeah. They're all about five years older than yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know. And I did La Leche League a little bit, but not like you did by far, you know, so I just did it a little bit. And um, yeah, it was really, it was really key too. So even though you know how to breastfeed now and you feel comfortable with it, attending groups like that can be really, yeah, really great sources of support. For yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's probably, do, is there anything else we didn't touch hmm. on that you wanted to touch on? I was on? trying to think. I clearly have come away from this with the impression that I was really um, lackadaisical about <laughs> thinking about all these things. That's funny. I don't. I, I don't know why. I just. I was worried about it, and it. And it. Uh, I don't know how to say this. It has added challenges, but those challenges are completely overshadowed by the benefits sure absolutely nothing good is easy right and so I think that's where this falls in absolutely yeah I totally agree it's it's um I mean parenting in general but yeah for sure it's Mm -hmm. it's not easy but that's okay But logistically it was my biggest transition from one to two so maybe that's why I thought this would be a good one yeah but are their lives ruined no they get over it so it's all good from that perspective. And we hope, although in our cases it does remain to be seen, we hope they grow up to have this mm-hmm. wonderful relationship as adults. Uh, we'll see. We yeah, will see. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go down. I think once, I think they have to get past this angsty yeah. phase mm-hmm. and kind of have something in common again, like where yeah. they're doing their own thing and forming their own careers and starting their own families. And I kind yeah. of think they need to have some common ground that's not their family of origin. Yeah. In order to have something yeah, in common or you know something to bond over. Yeah, maybe. I think that's probably true. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, so let us know maybe in the Instagram we can do a a conversation about what did you do to get ready yeah, for baby some strategies. number 2. Yeah. And what do people worry about? And I think that's great. Great yeah. idea. Yeah. So, so yeah, find us on Instagram at Metro Midwifery, Facebook at Metro Midwifery. Every time I post something on Instagram, it goes to Facebook. So mm-hmm. there's conversations in two places usually. Right. Um, and then you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And find us on the web, modmidwives.com. Did you mention Twitter? You guys, would you please follow us on Twitter? Our Twitter account is so sad and lonely. (laughs) (laughs) I think it might be generational Nedra. There are lots of young types on Twitter, Gina. (laughs) I think it's all about the gram. Oh, actually, it's probably about TikTok now, which we are not on. We're on everything but TikTok. I just cannot go there with somewhere else right now. So So don't find us on TikTok. No, we are not there. Or the YouTubes, really. We are a little bit, but not much. We do have have some of the podcasts on YouTube. I've kind of fallen off. Mm -hmm. But also that new video from Monet is on Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely go watch that. That was really cool. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.